0: You are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Well, as Hayward said, it is Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Well, thank you very much. You know, I love being a guy. It's it's cool. <laughs> yes, it, it's really cool. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I know especially back probably about 10 years ago, there was sort of, you know, different things come and go through the church, you know, different catchphrases, you know. People would say things like, How are you? And instead of saying fine, it'd be like, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, that was kind of one of those catchphrases that went around. But there's another one that went around that was like, uh, I would walk in and some of my colleagues would say, Lance Steve's man of God, how are you? And I'd be like, I'm doing good. But I'd often wondered, man of God, like, why do you call me that? Like, what makes you a man of God? You know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like I nail it. You know, sometimes, I, I'm, I'm maybe in a coffee shop, and the Spirit of the Lord starts to speak to me. Okay, that's a lie. I, I'm never in a coffee shop. But I'm somewhere, and, and, and the Spirit of the Lord starts to, starts to speak to me, and all of a sudden, I'll, I'll, I'll share my faith with someone, or, or i lead someone to the Lord, and it's like, man, God, that was so cool. I had one of those, one of those God moments where it's just like the Holy Spirit was all over this conversation, but other times, we maybe go through life and it's just like, you know what? What is your greatest achievement for the day? I had my morning coffee. You know what? I, I woke up and I was able to get dressed, and, and that is my achievement for the day. And then sometimes I think that we have expectations maybe that we place upon ourselves or, or we feel that are upon us to be a guy, and it's like, Lord, how do I, how do I measure up? How do I... How do I be the priest of my home? How do I how do I be that man of God that you're calling me to be when when sometimes I just feel empty and I feel dry and I'm like, Lord, I, I just I, I just don't know what's going on right now. I I don't know about your wife, but my wife likes to ask me questions sometimes. And she'll say to me, Lance, how's your how's your spiritual walk doing today? Or 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 some, or um, you know what, what is Jesus showing you? And it's like, can we just change the subject? Because I, I don't know how to answer that question. And I wonder sometimes we again we, we kind of walk in that place thinking, all right, I'm a, I'm a believer, I love God with all my heart. But a man of God would be, in my understanding, sort of a a picture would be someone amazing like King David, where God says, this guy here, he's a man after my own heart. And you think, well, what did David do? God, I want to be like that. I want to be a guy who you're like, Lance Steves, that guy there, he's a man after my own heart. Like, Like King David, he battled giants. King David, he was a worshipper from the time that he was a little kid out in the fields, right? Man, the guy wrote the Psalms, so many of them. That's, that's quite the bar to have to live up to. Today, it's Father's Day. And this week, on my, I went for my prayer walk, and I, I did something a little bit different than I normally do. Quite often, I'll be like, you know what, Lord? Just, it's Father's Day today. I just ask that you... You give me the, the word to be able to share with the people today. And this time I just said, God, what, do you, what would you want me to know for Father's Day? Or what do you want to tell me? And the Holy Spirit just started downloading deep into my spirit. And I believe this is a, a real message today for guys. Because I think, again, sometimes we know what our role is. We know what our function is. And it's like, Lord, how do I be that person you're calling me to be? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you open up our spirits this morning? God, allow us to receive deep, God. Allow us to catch the word and and be able to be encouraged in what you have for us today, God. Lord, you are our hope. You are our strength. And God, your word even says when we are weak, God, you are strong. And, and that's where we need to get to, to an understanding where it's like, Lord, it's not about us and the day that we're having, the job that we have, the life that we're living. It's about who you are in us. And are we yielding our spirit to who you want us to become? Because, Lord, we want to look more and more like Jesus every day. But, Lord, would you teach us how to do it in a world that is, is always changing? in a world that is sometimes difficult to be in, God. Would you help our lights to shine bright? In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. First thing God showed me is to give me the strength to be who you have called me to be. See, the Bible tells us that we're of a royal priesthood. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are not like that, for you're a chosen people, you're a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into this wonderful light. You know, I find that men overall are good strategists. You know, I played—I've played I play different games, like maybe Axies and Allies or, or Settlers of Catan, and you play with some guys and you just don't have a chance. Some guys, their true characteristics come out when they play Monopoly. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to only beat you, but I'm going to humiliate you. That's what I'm going to do in this game. And, and there's, that, there's that sense of being a conqueror. There's that sense of ruling the world. And we can do that in that game. Quite often, we use different strategies to be able to accomplish different things. You know, have you ever noticed, for those of you who like boxing or you like uh, the, the UFC, stand up there, Pastor Ernie. Uh-oh. See, before two guys fight, they do the they do the look. All right? And it's just the showdown. Now they don't smile, Ernie, because you can't. It's it's just your it's your chest. Hair. It's my chest hair. Sorry. Is that distracting you? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, brother. I know some guys got it, some guys don't, you know? Don't worry, son, you'll grow up, okay? So what they do is they stare each other down, and they go nose to nose. No, they don't laugh, or anything. <laughs> they go nose to nose. And see, right now, I'm intimidating you. You don't want to be here right now. And, 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 that's, and that's what happens. You know, it's just, this, it's just this clash. And we know that if we can get into the other person's head, that the battle's already won before it's, before it's even started. Do you know God uses that same strategy, or has used that same strategy? The Lord uses this when uh, Gideon to defeat the Midianites. If you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Judges 7:17. 7, I don't have this one up, but I'll have the next one up. It says, watch me, he told them. Do what I do, and I'll go to the edge of the enemy's camp. Then do exactly as I do, and everyone will blow our trumpets. Then blow your trumpets for the positions around the camp. all And shout the battle cry for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the enemy camp. It was about 10 o'clock at night. It was just the guard that had been changed. Gideon and his men blew their trumpets. They broke the jars that were with their hands. The three fighting groups blew their trumpets. They smashed their jars. They held the torches in their left hands. They held in their right hands the trumpets that they were going to blow. Then they shouted the battle cry, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And each man stayed in his position around the camp. But all the Midianites ran away in fear. They were crying as they ran. See, what happened is there were 300 guys and there was a whole lot more Minionites, thousands of them. And the Lord gave them this strategy and they followed what the Lord told them to do and they didn't even have to lift a hand, but fear took over the camp and they started fighting amongst themselves. See, fear is a strategy to be able to defeat the enemy. But the problem is, is we have an enemy who's seeking whom he can devour. We have an enemy who is a good strategist. And he uses fears on the, fear on the believers. See, but God tells us, guys, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. I've given you love. I've given you power. And I've given you sound mind. The Bible tells us, the greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. It's not by might, nor by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord of hosts. men, We don't always have to perform. We don't always have to to be that guy. Gideon was a chicken. But the Lord used him supernaturally to be able to defeat the enemies. Work, life, family can be tough. We need to have models in our lives, models to be able to follow for the area of strength. We need to be able to look at basic biblical models And a great one, I think, that really shows this well is the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's found in Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, and it's set up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent the message to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to dedicate the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue of King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a Herod shouted out, people of all races and all nations and all languages, listen to the king's commandment. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zith, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and the other musical instruments, blow, uh, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace." So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed them. The Jews, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You, you issued a decree requiring all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, zith, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bumblebee, who have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you've set up. See, we are living in a world right now where we're going to need supernatural strength to do what is right no matter what the cost. In fact, if we read a little bit further, we skip down to verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego apply to King Nebuchadnezzar. O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're throwing into the blazing fire, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your God or worship the gold statue that you've set up for us. That... Is power. I don't care what you have asked me to do. and I don't care what relationship you are to me. You may say and may have the authority to say that if I don't do what you want to do my life is over. But I don't care because I serve someone greater and I will never bow down to you because it's it's this level. So Nebuchadnezzar gets so angry, and he makes the fire seven times hotter. And he takes these three guys, and he tosses them in. And when he tosses them in, we know the end of the story. There's a fourth man that they see in there. And Nebuchadnezzar's blown away. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come on out of there. And they come out not even smelling of smoke. Supernatural. My friends, we are supernatural beings, and there may be times where we don't feel strong. There may be times where we don't feel like we measure up, because I think, I think so often as guys, we use these, these measuring sticks of sorts to rate ourselves a, a, against maybe a pastor, maybe a, a, some a big known speaker, maybe a, a mother or a father, maybe a, another brother in the Lord who's just so amazing. But we don't know their lives. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. We don't know what exactly is going on in their heart, what their struggles, what their lives are. We are responsible for what God has given us, and we're responsible to stand firm in strength, knowing that in our weakness, he's strong. That's who God is. God is amazing. We don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to know everything. There's just so much freedom for me, even even as a pastor, when people come in and say, Pastor Lance, I've always had this question, and they ask me a question. I'm like, that's a great question. I have no idea. Why lie and make it up? Because some things we just don't have an answer to. Tough things happen in this world. When tough things happen, sometimes we're like, God, why did that happen? Or maybe somebody out of hurt, a brother or sister or whatever, out of hurt, who doesn't know the Lord but knows that you have strong faith. Maybe all of a sudden, when something happens, they're like, Where's your God now? You claim that God provides. You claim that you claim that God loves you and your family. Why is this happening to you? And we can stand firm and say, you know what? It is well with my soul. God, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why the circumstances are coming, but God, I do trust you. And even in death, Lord, I will celebrate who you are. My friends, we have to have that deep into our spirits. Because if we are living our Christian walk by, by feelings, there's going to be times where we're like, I don't even know if I'm a Christian because I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling the warm and fuzzies. Guess what? We don't always feel the warm and fuzzies. And we have to be real and stand in that place and say, God, I need you today more than I ever have in my life. Lord, I need a genuine touch from you because you're able. We don't live our lives by feelings. Feelings will lead us astray. Feelings are blind. But when we stand in that place and Holy Spirit speaks to us, all of a sudden it's just like, wow, God, I never saw that coming. How how many of you in your life You've walked down that road and you've gone through in in the past a real difficult situation where you're like, God, I don't know why I'm facing this right now. And all of a sudden, years later, you're like, Lord, I would never exchange that for anything in my life. Let me just see your hands. Isn't that amazing? So guys, take heart. You may be going through it right now. You may be questioning, Lord, what is going on in my life? Man of faith, man of God, rise up and know that if God is for you, who can be against you? Know that God's got you in the palm of his hand and sometimes that trusting is one of the hardest lessons in life we need to learn. Right now, you might be tripped up. Others are running past you. You're like, you know what? I don't even know what I want to feel. I feel so weak. I feel insignificant. Listen closely to the Spirit of the Lord, what He is speaking. He speaks to our hearts. Son, daughter, Finish the race. It's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Finish the race. I've got great plans for you. Oh but God, I, I've messed up so much in my life, God. Lord, I've stumbled so many times. I've fallen so many times, God. He says, get up. Go again. I've got you. Stay the course. Trust in me. The next thing I believe the Lord wants us to know, as guys, his heart is to give us divine wisdom. What man doesn't need or desire wisdom? For so often we're tossed into situations and circumstances where we're like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now and I hope nobody else knows. I've been there. You know, (laughs) this building that we're in right now is a great example of that. How many people were in the old church, the little church? Oh, there's still a few of us around. That's awesome. See, this building here came about, I when we first moved to Coal Lake, I went to a mayor debate. And I thought, well, you know, I'm new to the city. I better know what's going on. And, and Craig Copeland and there's two other guys that were running for mayor. Craig wasn't mayor yet. And, um, and in this whole debate thing, one of the questions was about the seniors lodge down in the south and what the council plan on doing with it. And Craig and his thing said, you know what, I think we should buy, as a city, we should buy um, Portage College because it's going up for sale and, and that would give us another building to be able to handle some of these problems. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Portage College is going up for sale? That is awesome. So I called a board meeting and we got all our board approved and we called a congregational meeting and got all those ducks in a row that as soon as it went on sale we made an offer to buy this building now back in that day the we were in a bit of a recession and the gentleman that owned this building he he put it on for seven hundred thousand dollars and he didn't think that he would get that so um we were chatting with him he didn't think a building of this size would be would move in cold lake and and i surrounded myself with people who are much smarter than i am in those kind of things and I said to Randy, I talked to him, and Randy said, you know what, let me chat with him, I know this guy, and he says, what are you What are you realistically looking for? He goes, I'm, I'm looking for six. He goes, well, if we pay six in the realtor fees, done deal. So before it even really got on, off the ground, we had this purchased. And it was awesome because we told our congregation, we are moving, praise the Lord, God is good. We are getting this new building and everybody was happy and everyone's celebrating. We're finally getting out of the, the little church and we're getting to move into a little bit more place where we can have one service instead of two and we can do this and do that. And it was pretty cool. But see, I, went, I was a youth pastor for 12 years. And I went from youth pastor into senior pastor and then once I was a senior pastor, immediately into a building project. And the learning curve just went, and I'm just like, oh my word. And there were so many things, and again, I had some amazing people around me, and there so, but there were so many things that would come every day across my desk. We need an answer now on this, and I'm making all these decisions, and I'm just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And see, what happened is, we purchased this building and one of the things that we put on this building is we 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 put down a, a $1000 just to hold it and then we put a window of there uh, I, I believe at least 2 months maybe 3 months if i if i remember right to be able to do the realtor told us that we should do an environmental two study an environmental two study means that you need to do, do core drilling and it's going to cost us about 5 grand to find out if the land was ever contaminated so we went to this company and found out that it wouldn't be 5 grand he's like 5 grand for for environmental 2 impossible he's like try 35 grand and we're like whoa well this is just a stipulation that we put on there so let's just let's just look at an environmental 1 so we're like how much is an environmental 1 study and they're like well that's about 8 grand we're like well what does that do well we look at the history of the building and it tells us whether we ever, we think the land is possibly tainted, and if we think that it's not tainted, then you get a clearance. But if there's a question mark, then you'll get a report back that says you need to do an environmental two study. So we're like, well, why are we spending eight, eight grand on this? Like, we know historians, we know all that kind of stuff. Let's find out was the was there ever a gas station here? Was this building ever on fire? And we did some research and found out that. There's no reason why we feel that this should be tainted. So when that was done, we just, the guy says, well, can we have, can I have the rest of my money right now? And we're like, no, like, we put a three month on it. We might as well, we're getting interest on it, why pay? So we, we held on to that money just to, just to do this, and for three months we're telling our people, yay, we're moving in the building, it's gonna be awesome. Things are going really well. And then about two days before we had to pay this gentleman the remainder of the money, Randy and I went over to the bank, and we had to get a loan to be able to do the renovations inside the building because we had the cash to be able to buy the building, but we didn't have the renovation money to be able to do so. So we established a loan, and we went to the bank. They said, you know what? We're not going to sign off on this because in order for you to get approved for this, you need to do an environmental study. And we're like, what? And Randy's like, listen, listen. Is that really the way it is? And they're like, well, no, but... We want it." He's like, well, it's up to you. Like, we've got this cash here with you, but we can easily move over to another bank. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! We don't want to see that happen. But then they sent a notice over to the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. And our building was held in trust by them. And when they did that, the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada said, you can no longer buy that building. Because unless you do an environmental study, We will not sign off on this. So I had to talk to the lawyer and say to the lawyer, like, what do we do? We've told our people, we're buying this building. We're moving in. And the lawyer's like, you know what? He says, I'm sick and tired of stupid pastors. I'm like, what? He goes, you're a stupid pastor. He says, what makes you think that you can do an environmental study and cut a short corner. He goes, you're the one who put this church in this problem and you may lose the building because of your foolishness. I'm like, well, it was not just me. It was the board too. (laughs) Like. In fact, I think it was pretty much all Randy Mizey if I remember right. (laughs) So he says, I recommend that you talk to the guy who owns the building and ask for an extension. This guy's already wanting his money and banging down our door to get this money. And in the three months, this building that he thought would move, two other places came in and offered him more money than we were paying for this building. So I know we're not going to get it. So we're now in a rock and hard place, and I'm like, oh my goodness. Sunday morning, I'm going to have to go to the congregation. I'm going to have to tell them, guys, I'm sorry, we've lost the building. The momentum's going like this. People are excited. People are giving. Yes, this is going to be great. It's a capital project. We are all behind this move. But now we're going to, within one Sunday, going to pull the rug out, and I'm sure I'm going to be lynched and sent out of town. What do I do? I have no idea where to go for I'm a youth pastor, now senior pastor in a building project. See, the Spirit of the Lord came upon us, and I just happened to have a guest speaker in for a submerged service. And he was listening to my phone conversation with the lawyer. And he says, I've got a friend who does these kind of things. He says, why don't you call this company, and that company's asked to remain anonymous, so I can't tell you. He says, why don't you call this company and ask them if they'll do it. So I called them up, and I told them the story. I said, how long does it take to do an environmental one study? They're like, ah, usually about a month. Oh yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I said, "Uh, if we pay a little bit extra, can I get it in two days? And that's what he did. He laughed at me on the phone. He's like, no, we can't get it done in two days. That's impossible. I'm like, well, you know, God says he does impossible things, so. It's like, well, what do you need it for? So I told him the story. He goes, give me a couple hours, I'll call you back. So a couple hours later, he calls me up. He says, uh, your environmental study's done. Come and get it. And I'm like, what? He's like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's all done. Come on and get it. That will, it will appease the bank. It will appease the POC. Problem's all solved. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I said, what do we owe you for that? He goes, you know what? Nothing. The hand of God moved with divine wisdom. It wasn't my smarts. It wasn't the smart of the board. But it was the Lord who was behind it saying, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will never prevail against it. See, I was so excited. I called up our lawyer right away. (laughs) And I said, guess what? He says, what? I said, we got an environmental study done. He goes, how in the world did you get that in two hours? I said, I'm a very smart pastor. I said, by the way, you're fired. <laughs> and we went with Les Drake here in town, and he served us well. But it's amazing. Guys, there are going to be things that come our way in our lives that we have no idea how to handle, no idea what to do, and we feel like a little fish in a big pond. And guys, I was, man, I was losing sleep. I was just like, Lord, how can I do this? But God has got it, and he will drop supernatural things in our lives when we just trust him and say, God, we need wisdom. We need wisdom in this situation more than anything, Lord. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And I threw in the message version of this one, too, because I think it's so cool. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father for he loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing, without a second thought, people who worry their prayers are like wind-whip waves. Don't think you're gonna get anything from the master that way, adrift at sea, keeping all of your options open. Guys, we need to have supernatural strength to be able to lead in our households and walk through our lives. But we also need Holy Ghost wisdom to be able to be the man that God has called us to be. And the last thing that the Holy Spirit showed me is legacy. I believe that every man wants purpose. We all want legacy. What am I here for? What can I be able to instruct my kids? How can I how can I do it well like I don't know about you guys, but there's so many times where you think that you're nailing it, and all of a sudden you have a run-in with one of your kids, and you totally handled it the wrong way, and you're like, ah, here I am again. I blew it. Man, I do that all the time. And then you got to go and eat some humble pie, and say, oh, you know, uh, Mackenzie, I I just want you to know that I probably shouldn't have yelled at you that way, and... uh, I'm really sorry and then usually she laughs at me. Oh dad, I know it's just you being you. It's like, no. But it's amazing how she shows me grace when I make mistakes and I try to show her grace because that's one of the Steve's core values. We show each other grace. We need to have legacy in our lives to be able to raise up what God has entrusted us with, to be mighty little men and women of the Lord. Mackenzie's telling me now, she, you know, Dad, I think I want to be a missionary when I grow up. I'm just like, oh. God, give her the nations. Let her go further than I've ever gone. Lord, may my ceiling be her floor, that she can spring out and touch whoever you're calling her to. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry.